Welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. We help you stay happy, healthy and whole so your small business can thrive and stay vital in this ever-changing world with holistic coaches and small business owners, Jill and Dan. Hello and welcome to the Small Business Whole Health Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are in part four of our foundation program, um, these are the foundation principles as taught to us by the Czech Institute. And they are the six principles of health that we would always look at for anybody if they are coming to us with any sort of health kind of issue that they want us to fix. So um, this one is nutrition. A big one for most people, I think, is nutrition. Um, the one that people mostly think about when you associate with health, probably more than breathing and water. and something that most people will struggle with the most I think for my clients anyway I think this one is the most misunderstood probably one of the most hardest to correct because imagine if you've just grown up and your parents have fed you for the first 18 years of your life that's a big pattern to try and recorrect then add on top of that a lot of foods are addictive and they're designed to be addictive and corporations market to us to have this food even though it's unhealthy but we think because the government and marketers tell us to eat it it should be it should be good for us but really it's not so all of those factors and as well as all the different types of diet which people promote Mm. there's a lot of moving parts so I find this one to be really difficult for a lot of people I think like you say the waters are so muddied around this um actually I think it's really really simple and what we were just saying in the last podcast that we did about breathing that you the quote that you give about from Matt, which is we're not complex. Oh, what is it? I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna mash it up now. <laughs> we're not compli- we are complicated, but we're not complex. Is that it? Although, so humans are complex, but we're not complicated. So right. we're, we're complex. Yeah, we all might have. So for instance, it's a good example. We all have different individual diets which are going to suit us. So in essence, that can be quite complex because from day to day we can even change. But mm. we're not complicated if we just eat organic food and drink our water and go to bed at 10 o'clock. Yeah. That's not complicated at all. But we, yeah. it can become complex from individual to individual. Yeah, so that's what I think with this because I t- teach, coach a lot of people through um, diet and nutrition. And people come to me, I find, with the most pre-programming of any of the other foundation principles with diet, like especially around things like fat, sugar, chemicals, they are pre-programmed in a certain way because society has like marketers, like from the 1980s onwards, so a good 40 years, have programmed and programmed adverts and everything has just been around what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating. But that's based on a factory somewhere making something. Like we've already spoke about the whole flawed theory of fat based on things like that it's hard to correct that because you just take it for for granted that these people are in a position of power so why would they want to harm us but once you go down the rabbit hole a little bit there's more money in keeping people addicted to unhealthy foods and medication that doesn't solve the problem it just covers the symptoms so it's a little bit sad really when you get into it but luckily there is a solution and it's Mm -hmm. not that complicated really if you just do the basics right which we're going to try and talk about um, there's a million different diets out there. There's there's no one size fits all. That was we've mentioned that in most of our other nutrition 
episodes before. What works for me might not work at all for Jill, might be perfect for somebody else, but it literally changes day to day from year to year and throughout your life, it changes it changes as well. So essentially, we're going to try and break down, we're going to try and talk about just the essence of what healthy food is, I would say. Mm. We're not going to talk about individual diets because we've, we've done that before. We've done that and we've done yeah. about fat. If you want yeah. to look at the fat one, that's the Ansel Keys is the flawed food theory of fat that I was talking about. Yeah, so. we'll link some of the other episodes to, to diet and nutrition in the show notes. But this yeah. one, we're going to try and talk about what food actually is and why it's so essential. So I want to kind of start with, in terms of, we spoke about in the previous episode, you you mentioned the yin and the yang of breathing, really important, those complementary opposites. But nutrition is, is a yin element. It would be Dr. Diet, if we speak about the four doctors. Mm-hmm. It's what builds us and gives us energy. It's what's called acquired chi. So we, we've spoken about Tai Chi before and things. It's that chi is a different word for energy, essentially. So we're all born with a certain amount of chi or like energy. But having healthy food is acquired chi. We're just giving ourselves more energy. We all know that saying, you are what you eat. If you're eating good, healthy food, you're acquiring energy, essentially what mm-hmm. you're doing. So the more alive the food is or the healthier the food is, the more energy it's going to provide you. But the more dead the food is, the more of your own energy or your own chi it's going to take to enliven that and convert it into something your body can use. That's that's a good way to look at it. So if you're eating dead foods, your body has to use all its resources to bring it back to life, essentially, to make it usable. But if you eat healthy, fresh food, which is already pretty much has a lot of energy and it's alive, your body can use it straight away. And it's that compound effect. You have more energy than to use on something else. Oh, I love that, Dan. That's such a good way of describing it. So like if you've got, let's put it into a, like a a context. So if you've got a diet that's full of processed foods and high sugar and, um, you know, you're eating really cheap meats and non-organic stuff, you're actually putting into your body more chemicals and more stress. Um, some of, some of the six stresses we've, we've talked about the six stresses before, we maybe do a mini series on those as well but you're adding stress into your body. So it's not giving you life. Therefore you have to eat more of it, which brings in more calories and more chemicals and more stress to your body. And you're not getting any benefits from it. You're not getting any nutrients. And all you're doing is wanting training your brain to want more and more and more of it. And like that addictive kind of thing that you were talking about as well. So yeah, it's a really good way of talking about that, Dan. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that's what I kind of want to talk about. Food is the building blocks of what we are. We just take it for granted that we just have three or four meals a day and it's just there on the shelf and we can go and grab it. But most of it's not even food, is it? Mm. There's a thing which we learned about, again, in the Czech Institute called the closed organic cycle, which is fascinating when you get into it. It describes how everything is one big system. You've got to think everything comes from the soil. Okay, so healthy soil creates healthy plants. And a different word for, for soil or a part of the soil gets called humus, okay, which is where the word human actually comes from. If you break it down, we are essentially made from the earth. And a quote I heard Matt Walden say, so humus equals human. So the earth is literally the clay of our being. That's a really good saying, isn't it? We literally are what we eat and there's no, there's no two ways about it. So we are the soil and then the plants grow in the soil. The animals eat the plants. We eat the animals 
And then when us and the animals die, we return everything back to the soil. So the cycle continues. But if the soil is depleted and it hasn't been farmed properly and it's full of agrochemicals and pesticides and herbicides, then the plants that grow in the soil are not going to be healthy plants. Mm. And the animals that eat the plants are not going to be healthy animals. And then us humans that eat the animals are not going to be healthy humans. And then we're not going to make wise choices about how to farm the soil in the first place. So then the circle is, mm. then the, the circle continues, but in a bad way, because humans are bioaccumulators. If we eat the unhealthy animals that eat the unhealthy plants that grow in the unhealthy soil, then we're, the, we're getting all of that as a human. We're at the top of the food chain and we're going to be the unhealthiest. Mm-hmm. So if you get back to the soil and do some healthy farming practices and spend our money on our organic food and biodynamic practices, then it's going to be healthier for the planet and for ourselves so we can make wise choices. Well done. I feel like I should give you a round of applause for that. That was almost David Attenborough-esque. So like, we could just drop the mic now and stop the podcast because that is... That is it. We are the soil. And like to take it one step further than what Dan was just saying there, that we're at the top of the food chain. So we're eating, eating from the soil, the plants, the animals that have been, you know, full of pesticides and antibiotics and all that stuff. Then we put all that into our bodies, which then we require more drugs and antibiotics and we get more antibiotic resistance because of this. And so we need more antibiotics to combat the antibiotic resistance. Then that all gets peed down the toilet or pooed out the toilet and goes into the rivers and then into the soil. And then it's just a constant spiral downwards, which is what we've been experiencing. Um, I was listening to a podcast yesterday from the former chief medical officer who was talking about antibiotic resistance because before COVID happened, people weren't really listening about it um about antibiotics and antivirals and stuff like that and she says now it's going to become the biologists are going to become top of the tree again of the sciences because Mm. she said like really they've got to the top of the antibiotic chain that there there is nowhere else to go and if we become antibiotic resistance that's you know pregnancies you know women used to die a lot in pregnancy and in childbirth and because of antibiotics they stopped routine operations like hip operations and knee operations and stuff like that can't go ahead because there's no antibiotics so it's going to have a massive impact and it really really is a worldwide problem isn't it yeah and the solution to all that is though get these six foundation principles right exactly yeah Yeah. which is kind of we weren't meaning to say that there but that's exactly what it is you kind of just keep inventing new antibiotics and trying to hack mother nature it doesn't work like that does it Mother Nature has provided us with immune systems and healthy food, everything in perfect place to live a healthy, happy life for us and the earth. So if you get back down to doing the basics right, I think we said in one of the previous podcasts, if you live a healthy lifestyle with these six foundation principles correctly in place, 90 to 95% of all disease can survive. Mm. It's like the the, the Czech Institute kind of motto or, or one of them is treat the person that has the disease, not the disease that has the person. So if you just keep looking at the disease all the time and just trying to cure the disease, but the person's living a really unhealthy lifestyle, then as soon as the, you fix the disease, you're going to get another one because it's the it's the person. Okay, so treat the person that has the disease, not the disease that has the person. And that could not be more true from as of today, really, in this pandemic. We've seen the people who have been targeted the most. It's the people who have got diabetes, who are overweight, mm. who 
we spoke about uh, breathing in the previous episode who have poor respiratory systems because they live in polluted areas. Mm-hmm. You don't need to fix the diseases. You don't need to cure COVID. You need to cure people. And then we can be res- not resistant, but we can we can fight off diseases naturally and a lot more easily. And these pandemics won't spread because they just won't mm-hmm. be able to attack us. As, as Our defenses will be a lot better, should I say. Yeah, and we pollute our bodies. Kind of what we've been doing with our bodies is, is reflected in the earth. We've been polluting them and polluting them. Where does it end? You know, you can't just keep getting drugs and drugs and drugs. You've got to, at some point, take responsibility for your own health. Yeah, and it's a little bit worrying because the, the population is sent to increase by, is it another 2 billion people? Or are we meant to get to 10 billion people in the next 30 years? And most of the soil now, where we've already spoken about all the food comes from, it's already so depleted and dead that we're just going to have to turn mm. more and more to kind of these artificial man-made factory foods. So that doesn't really fill me with with kind of much joy or confidence. I can yeah. just imagine an overpopulated world of unhealthy people eating man-made foods. That just doesn't sound like a world which you would want your kids or your grandkids to grow up and do, is it? So like we have even to start like, making um, these small choices today just ourselves. Oh, yeah, even like Bill Gates was on the other day saying about manufactured burgers i can't remember what he's manufacturing them from like factory like they Micro, microchips yeah they haven't even been <laughs> they haven't seen an animal there's burgers he was saying that we all need to start eating so his idea obviously is to to get us eating some kind of i don't even know what they were made of so they were, hadn't seen an animal basically artificial um, meat yeah I, I thought it was it like meat grown in a lab mm. lab grown meat that doesn't fill me with joy. No, you, sometimes you've got to go with your gut instinct and even saying those words just just doesn't seem like a healthy choice. There's a lot we can do now instead of thinking about these things. For one, it's just getting in touch with, we spoke about in a previous episode, intuitive eating. So if you can just kind of listen to what your body's telling you when you're eating these crap foods and you might think going organic is the most common thing people say is, oh, it's too expensive. But just have a look at where you're spending money in other places, for one. Look at how much you spend on Netflix and Amazon Prime and your car and all these things. You can save you can save money there straight away and just change from kind of commercial to organic. And it wouldn't the price might be a little bit different, but wouldn't be too much. But your health would increase mm. drastically. It's just all like about the, say, cho- the choices we make, isn't it? Yeah, and like you say, you know, if you eat organic meats or locally produced meats as well, like there's certain things that farmers have to do to be classed as an organic farmer. But if you get local things as well, like from farms that like we live in an area surrounded by farms, it might not be that it's necessarily organic, but it hasn't traveled very far. And you can see the cows in the field. They look very happy to me. So, yeah. So they're all right as well. It's um, locally produced stuff. It's usually been well looked after animals. And um, yeah, it's, it's so important because like you were saying you don't actually have to have much of it to get the same level of nutrients out of them because the nutrients are much more bioavailable to your body yeah and we said we're lucky we're surrounded by farms like like in the area where we live it's we can find farm shops not that we're allowed to go in them like for (laughs) half of the past year but you can um yeah there's farm shops and you can always tell the produce is a lot better it tastes nicer for instance it's yeah but there's a good saying, isn't it? Pay the farmer or pay the doctor. If you oh, yeah. 
if you go to local one. farms and you buy healthy organic produce, let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. If you eat healthy stuff, you won't get these diseases and then you won't need to pay the doctor. So pay the farmer and you won't need to pay for prescriptions the rest yeah. of your life. It, like, it might seem simple, but that's the way it's going to, that's the way it works. You are what you yeah. eat. It's like me with my duck eggs. So there's a farm around here that sells duck eggs and you just go and put two pound in the tin and you get the eggs. <laughs> and um, it's like, they're always covered in straw and <laughs> muck and stuff. Like they're not being cleaned, obviously. The yeah. farms just pick them up. A couple of feathers on there. Yeah. So, but I love a duck egg and like it's the organic. They just taste so much better and they look so much better as well. Yeah, now is the time of year that geese lay the eggs as well, I'm sure it is. So if you know any farmers with any geese, so the oh, eggs are like egg. twice the size of a regular hen's egg or a duck egg. Um, I used to go, unfortunately, the place is shut down now, but I used to go to, there's a place up near where you live, actually. So it's oh, called yeah, no New, New Close Farm Shop, and they had some geese, and they used to, um, used to be a pound for a, a goose egg. And I used to be obsessed. I used to go up every week for like the one month where they lay the eggs and get, the, get these goose eggs. But I need to find somewhere else. But um, it's having that variety of food as well, different varieties. Mm. Even if you, you love eggs, but you just eat hen's eggs all the time, go for some duck eggs, get some, get a goose egg, get an ostrich egg or something like that. Yeah, an <laughs> ostrich egg would be quite big to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think you're right, Dan. It's, it's where you buy your food from. Um, do you just go to a supermarket and mindlessly just stick everything in your in your basket? Also, um, supermarket design as well. They're designed to draw you in. So if you are trying to be healthy, just stick to the outer the outer edges of the supermarket. So that's what they say. Don't go in into the aisles because that's where the bad things are. Yeah. So the the aisles in the middle are normally where the food, all those foods in tins and boxes and packets those are the ones that can stay on the shelf for like years. But as a rule of thumb, the longer something can stay on the shelf without going off, the less nutrition it has in it. Whereas mm-hmm. all the healthy stuff, all the fresh fruit and veg, that'll obviously go rotten within a week or so, a couple of weeks. So the longer something can stay on the shelf, the unhealthier it is. These are a few quick quick tips when you're doing your shopping. Another one is if you kind of pronounce one of the ingredients on the list and you shouldn't really be eating it. Mm. If it's got more than five ingredients. Yeah, five ingredients. Yeah, like you don't want to look at the back of a packet and they're like, it's just the writing's so Probably. small because there's that many chemicals and ingredients in it. And it's also, if you think that's bad, then they don't even have to list some of the ingredients. They might just say artificial sweeteners, but that artificial sweetener has 50 different chemicals in it. I think it's the, the strawberry flavor they put in sweets and stuff. That's, isn't that got like 50 yeah. different chemicals in, but they don't have to label them. They just have the to flavorings put... or the smells. So yeah. anything that makes a smell like, you know, you've got the aromatherapy oils that are just the natural stuff. But if it says rose fragrance, that's like 55 chemicals to create that rose fragrance rather than the actual oil itself. I always think don't put anything in your mouth or on your skin that you can't pronounce or that you don't know what it is. Like we spoke about in the hydration episode, if it's on your skin, you're drinking it. So mm. we spoke about having a water filter. You can get a shower filter if you you can have like hard water and you can people get bad skin reactions. So it's the same with with kind of creams and things that you put on your skin. You're essentially drinking it. Your your skin's mm-hmm. porous, so that might not seem obvious, but these little tweaks can can really help. Yeah, and if you can't buy organic, there is the dirty dozen, isn't there? So there's a list if you search on Google for the dirty 
dozen in the clean 13, they show you which are the most chemically sprayed crops. I think strawberries and apples are the things that get sprayed the most. Um, off the top of my head, I'm not sure. But those are the ones that if you can buy organic, buy organic of those. So if you can't afford to get everything organic, then just the things that you, um, the, the top, avoid the top five or six of those. And then slowly, because sometimes it's a bit of a progression, isn't it? Like when I was progressing to natural skincare, I still had like loads of really expensive lotions and potions over the years. And it, you don't want to replace everything just in one go. It's a gradual thing. So, you know, use it what you've got. And then just gradually the next time you buy something, buy the, the best one that you can. Yeah, that's good practical advice. And like you were speaking about for, for nutrition as well, if if you don't want to just go and chuck everything out your shelves and your fridge and buy all organic, that's obviously a bit of a, a hassle. Just do it over time. And then if you're finding it too expensive to have everything organic, then first of all, start with meat. So buy the best quality meat that you can, because mm. we've already said animals and humans are bioaccumulators. They eat the plants, which the plants live in the soil. So if you can get a health, like the healthiest meat possible, that's a good start. And if you can't afford all healthy meat, just find the one that you eat most of. If chicken's a thing you eat, you eat most of beef, then just go organic in that because then that might make up 60% mm-hmm. of your meat throughout the week. So kind of practical advice just to bridge the gap a little bit. And this does make it a bit more, a bit easier to get your head around, makes it a bit more cost effective, but you'll then start seeing the positive effects. And hopefully that, that has a knock-on effect with the, the rest of your your diet and your shopping spending as well yeah eggs as well buy the best quality eggs you can again sad chickens in a farm versus i mean in a factory farm and versus happy chickens walking around in the air in the sunlight laying nice happy eggs in fact you can buy happy eggs can't you we've said it about five times now but you are what you eat would you rather be <laughs> uh, like a, a sick cow that's lived in a oh, factory which you never seen the yeah. sunlight and it's eating sawdust and engine oil or a, mm. or a yeah or a chicken which has been i think isn't it for kfc where the the chickens from from hatching have fully grown is like half the time which it naturally takes and they're twice oh, really? as big because they just breed them and they inject them with something yeah. and they're bloody probably bull shark testosterone or something so they just get so they get more meat off the off the animal and it grows quicker so it, it literally is just a production line that's and think of all the hormones that are circulated around in there as well. Too. Oh, yeah. Growth hormones. Do you want to actually eat those growth hormones that, are, that they've been injected with? Mm. I know. When you, there's a, actually on Netflix, I think there's, there's quite a few good programs which show you the, like, where your food comes from. But these big organizations are so powerful, they get, try to get a lot of them banned. Mm. So but there, are some, there are some good documentaries out there which kind of, Oh, I'm, I'm not necessarily in, into being yeah. into veganism, but vegans do a lot of work into fact, like shutting down factory farms. And I, I do agree with that. Mm. I don't agree with the veganism, like one size fits all diet, but they do a lot to try and bring down factory farming and show you the conditions. And it's, it's actually, I don't know whether it's in the UK, but I think in the US, it's illegal for you to go to a factory farm and take any footage on your phone, anything like that. It's, it's illegal. You're not allowed to do it because they don't need to see the conditions that these animals live in. Mm. Obviously, people do, and they, they do it on the sly, and and there's footage out there. But there's um, it's like when they transport animals for for slaughter, they do it at night. Do you know that or not? Mm. When they take a truckload of pigs or sheep, they generally do it at night because the animals are mm. bloody screaming when they go past, and then but yeah. they don't want people to see that, so they generally do it at night. So yeah, it's just trying to 
take the veil off a little bit and realize what's going on. Yeah. One of our friends was a farmer and he would never, ever touch any kind of burger or sausage that high, that he didn't know where it came from, like like from a proper butcher. Mm. He wouldn't, like if you know, if we were out in a burger van or something, he would never touch anything like that. And he says that, he just used to say, I know what's, what that's made of. <laughs> God, that, that's not a warning then. I don't <laughs> exactly. know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> he never, ever, he just used to say that, don't eat that if you know what's in it. Yeah, we're not trying to scare everyone out there, but it's hopefully a bit of a wake up, a bit of a wake up call. To, yeah. And just eat. I find eating organic food. I don't do it all the time, but I'm like you. I've made the transition a lot over the years, and it is just so much nicer. Or even just going to the local butcher. It might not be organic, but the food quality is so much better. Mm. I just, I, was, I just rather do that now. So last night, this is an example, right? Because I did a little experiment. So I bought this wild caught king salmon organically farmed no it wasn't even farmed it was wild caught king salmon i had it in the freezer and uh, i said to him right let's have these steaks but it didn't have enough because uh, josh really likes salmon as well so we went i went to the co-op and bought some just their regular salmon so we cooked it all and then we said so Stephen said right we've got a bit of both of the salmons let's see if we can tell the difference hmm. and oh my word you could totally tell the difference between the the uh the wild caught salmon to the the co-op version it was like meatier it tasted more of salmon it didn't like disintegrate it wasn't watery at all it was just the colors normally so much different yeah well. it was the like, salmon should be like a deeper redder color whereas yeah like you say supermarket salmon's just that pale pink yeah it was color, it was it? and it's got that that thing that turns it red that's really good for protecting you against sunburn oh really so if you can't wear sun cream like me i'd hate sun cream on my skin but if you eat whatever that chemical is in wild caught salmon it's really good to protect you from uh sunburn i thought you were going to say get the piece of salmon and just rub it rub it all over your skin <laughs> like factor 50 <laughs> yeah and then don't don't have anyone sat next to you while you're in yeah. the sun <laughs> people might stop talking to you and sitting near you but yeah <laughs> so there you go have you got anything else to add for nutrition dan no i think we've covered all points there i think nutrition like we said at the start it is a difficult one we could probably do another 10 episodes on different nutrition topics but we'll leave it there for now yeah, what we haven't really mentioned is that nutrition is individual to you. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing, what fatty diet they're doing, keto, paleo. In fact, we've done a whole podcast on that, so you can listen to those. But what works for you might not work for your neighbor, your brother, your sister, whoever, but what works for you works for you. And that's what you should be intuitively eating, like what you said before. Yeah, and just try and have a little bit of a more of a thought of where your food actually comes from it doesn't just appear on a shelf every day well it does but it comes it comes from somewhere in the first place it comes from an animal it comes from a plant what soil what soil did that plant grow in if you you don't have to do this all the time but we are kind of void of knowing where our food comes from and where our waste goes that's another one as well i think there's mm-hmm. i think it was russell russell brand i was listening to he was saying we don't think where our food comes from and we don't think where our waste goes. Those things are taken care of for us. But yeah, there's a whole elaborate true. system set up behind the scenes of what happens. So mm-hmm. keep us yeah. alive. Right. Okay. So that's nutrition in the bag. We've got two to go. Next up, we are going to do sleep. And then episode six will be movement. 